0: My six, oh yeah. no, no, no. What's up You're better than Oprah, come on girl.
1: Straight, straight, straight. This is Sean T and it's time to trust and believe..
2: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Alright, so in order for this to be amazing and successful and fun is for me to be completely transparent with you to start out. I fucking hate working out. (laughs) I literally, I hate it. The biggest procrastinator when it comes to working out, and I really know now that's why it's been a success. But I don't want to talk to you about fitness in the terms of your body. Today, I'm going to give you the seven non-negotiable things that you need before you build a business while you're building your business and even after you finish building your business and you're never done. And the first thing starts with truth. Truth is the most important thing, truth to have within yourself. I come from a place of not chasing a number because when people come up to me after they finish their 60 Days of Insanity or whatever workout program it is, they say, I'm so happy I lost 40 pounds. And my first question to them is, well, how do you feel? Because if you're chasing a number, whether it's in your body, or whether it's in your bank account, then guess what, you're losing sight on all the things that you can build as you go along the way. Success happens in the smallest steps possible. There's no way I could get to there if I didn't take steps. And so, some people can say, well, maybe you can jump. But guess what? Even the, the most the world record holder in the long jump has to take many steps in order to get them to leap forward and to leap beyond. And so the first thing, the reason why I told you I hate working out is because you need to trust where I came from. And where I came from was a place and I'm gonna bore you a little bit with my story first so that you understand that I'm not the fitness guy that's like I know it all, I have it all, like I was an athlete all my life, no. This is about making yourself matter. This entire journey that you're on is about making yourself matter. And the byproduct of making you matter is making your money matter because you don't want dirty money, do you? And the only way the money is gonna be clean is if you're clean in your soul. If you trust and believe in who you are and where you came from. And the message that you're delivering through the money is clear so that when people purchase a product or invest in you, they know that it's true. Trust and believe from the beginning you have to have clean in your soul. So the first time, I had two experiences where money, where I realized that money mattered. And so before I even understood what money was, the only thing I can remember is my, my mother, my brother and I, and my stepmonster. and I'll tell you why I call him my stepmonster in a little bit, lived in a one bedroom apartment. I remember taking baths in the sink. I remember looking out my window and seeing a real life fight club. Yes, one time the step monster was outside in a fight with the neighbor, bloody as all get out, came in, washed his face back off, went out to fight some more. This is my life. I wake up in the morning, we would go out to the car. We would spend 30 minutes in the freezing cold in Philadelphia, my mom trying to start the car. One of the doors didn't even open. But I didn't know it was about money. I just knew that something felt weird. Something didn't feel right. And so, as we go on and as I move on in my life and as my mom is trying to push forward and we're on food stamps, on welfare, I see kids getting clothes, I get, see kids getting new shoes and guess what? I have holes in my shoes, but I know that I'm loved. So the money, I was like, okay, I didn't really get it. I just know that people have more stuff. But here's when things changed for me. One day, one Saturday morning, I woke up at my grandparents' house. I was young. My grandfather said, hey, spend the day with me. I was like, cool, let's go. Love my grandfather. He's the best ever, the best. He was a pastor. Didn't know what he was talking about when he was on the pulpit, but he was the best. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm fine. He said, hey, jump in the car. We get in the car, we get in the station wagon. We drive to a farmer's market not, excuse me, not too far from our house. We get out the farmer's market and I have, to have, I have to paint the picture for you. I live in a black neighborhood not very wealthy just getting by. We drive to a farmer's market in a very wealthy neighborhood in a white neighborhood where people are, we pull in my grandfather gets out and there's all these white people are like, hey Mr. Dawson how are you? And I'm like wait, you guys are happy to see him? And so then things started to started to change. So we get out the car and they start giving my grandfather all this bread. And my, my grandfather says, come on, Sean, let's throw the bread in the car. Throw the bread in the back of the station wagon. And then he says, yo, here's some corn. All right, cool. So now we're throwing a whole bunch of ears of corn in the back of the station wagon. They're so happy that he's taking us. I'm like, people giving away food? Like, what is this about? So initially, I think we're going back home. I'm like, yo, we're about to get our grub on for like the next few weeks, like yes. (laughs) Because here's a little story about bread. I told you I got to be transparent for a second. So we were so poor as a kid that once dinner was over, the, the kitchen light went out and you couldn't go back in the kitchen. But my brother and I would sneak downstairs, we would slide down the banister, tiptoe into the kitchen, jump up on the counter, open the counter, get bread, ball it up, put it in our underwear, and run back upstairs because we didn't want to be caught bread-handed. Get it? Yeah, I know. I know, it's funny. But the reality is we had to ration our food. So anyway, cut back to my grandfather. We jump in a station wagon. I'm thinking we're going home. We go to a part of town that is even less fortunate than us. And my grandfather says, knock, take, a, take bread and some ears of corn, knock on the door, and give it to people. So I was like, oh my goodness, Like we literally, I'm like, initially, I'm like, you sure you want to give this away? Because we don't even have enough food at home. But then he's like, no, here, go, boom. So each door, that we open and we give the bread to these people it was the most exciting thing to think these people they were, to give these people food they were really excited and then my grandfather would be behind me and saying make sure you come out to the corner and, at 12 o'clock make sure you come out to the corner at 12 o'clock I don't know what he's saying I'm just like okay so we, at 12 o'clock my grandfather starts to set up his megaphone and I just remember playing in a park across the street and all the people we gave bread to came out and they started listening to him speak. At first it was really no one out there, but he was still talking. And then all these people came out and they started listening to him, listening to him speak. Now full disclosure, I didn't realize what was happening until much later in my life. But what I realized was, it wasn't about the money. It was about how you can make people feel. And so, From that point forward, for me it was about a feeling. The second example of where I understood what the actual dollar meant. Again, I told y'all, we were on food stamps. So I go to the corner store. My mom's like, get this, 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 and this. Great mom, I'm gonna do it. I'm a big boy now, I can go. So we go, I go to to the store by myself. I get all the stuff, I put it on the counter. I forgot the bread. I put the food stamps on the counter with the food, I go to get the bread, I come back, the food stamps are gone. There was only one other person in that store with me, and it was an older lady. And the cashier said, I think the woman took your money and ended up paying for the food for me because I was bawling, crying, because I would have to go home and tell my mom that we can't have the food. So then I realized this is the feeling of how good you can feel when you give somebody something that they can't afford. And this is the worst feeling you can have when someone takes it away. And the common denominator of that is that I will never chase the number because neither one of these things came down to a number, it came down to a feeling. And that's why it is that I do what I do today. And I want to share with you seven things that you need, you absolutely need, non-negotiables. Needs are non-negotiable things. Wants are things that give you power. Wants are things that help you create your roadmap and they're things that you're passionate about so that they can help you succeed and move forward. Truth, you have to be truthful. Everything you do, everything you say, within yourself and to people, it has to speak the truth. Because if it's not true, and I'm going to tell you the story, and I'm not hating on anything, but I'm telling the truth here. I develop insanity. The workout comes with a T-shirt if you finish 60 days. Does anybody own that T-shirt in here, by the way? Okay, I see you. She earned it. 60 days, you earn a T-shirt. It says, I earned it on the back. You're in it. It's great. So then about two years later, I see an infomercial on TV, and it says... I earned it with sweat when you finished 60 days. And so many people came up to me and they were like, can you believe that this person like bit off of you? Like, I can't believe it. I said, but they ain't me. You ain't never gonna be me. And guess what? You're the only you. Nobody is ever gonna be you. So, they're like, I can't believe you're not mad. I said, listen, first of all, there are gonna be people who change their lives with this program, and I'm so happy for them. And second of all, it won't last more than three months because it's not true to who they are. Sure enough, it lasted three months. Not because I wanted it to fail, but because I know it's true. Secondly, trust. Do you trust in you? I have it on my arm, so I'll never forget. Do you trust who you are? I don't, I don't hear you answering me. Yes. See, y'all was like more hype for the music and then I asked you if you trust yourself and y'all like woo! Do you trust yourself? Yes. Now for those who didn't make a noise, guess what? It's okay. If you don't trust yourself at this moment, it's actually okay. It's fine because I didn't always trust myself. There was a time where I had to say to myself, myself, Either you accept your life as it is, or you accept your responsibility to change it. And some people, at this point in your business or in your life, are at a point where you have to either accept your life as it is, or accept your responsibility to pay it, to change it. Now I'm gonna go a little bit dark here, but I promise there's brightness on the other side of this darkness. It's two o'clock in the morning. I'm sleeping, peaceful. I have my own room. It's upstairs. My brother's next door in his bedroom. Said goodnight to my mom and my brother. Fall asleep, I'm good. I hear a car in the driveway. I'm like, oh, that's a stepmonster coming home. That's cool, fine. He was an alcoholic, but I'm like, it's fine. He comes in the house. Because when these things start to happen, anxiety starts to take over. He comes in the house. I knew there there was going to be an argument. Boom. This is what normally happens. The argument ensued. Fine. Great. I'm thinking like things are going to settle and things are going to be quiet. The next thing I know, as I start to find peace, when this turmoil is over, is a hand on my rear end. And that first initial feeling of someone touching me, I was like, am I dreaming? But no, I'm awake. And this went on and on. And I'll spare you the details of what happened that night and almost every weekend until the time I was 12 years old. From the time I was eight to the time I was 12, I was molested. And so in this zone, when I'm going through this, my entire being is saying to myself, don't say anything to protect your family. Now, I would never tell a young child not to say anything. You absolutely tell the child to say something. But for me, at that moment, I had to say, I'm not going to become a victim of this. And I'm either going to accept it, or I'm going to accept my responsibility to change it. And then at 14 years old, I moved out of my house. I devised a plan to move, and I moved in with my grandparents. And it was amazing, and it was great. And guess what? I had to go to church three, four, five, sometimes seven times a week, but it was fine because I was in it. And then I started to trust and believe in myself. That's when I started to trust that I could make decisions, and I was only 14 years old. These are things that I would make decisions that was going to make me a much better person. And then I realized, in order for me to move forward in my life, I have to have complete transparency. And that's number three. Truth, trust, and transparency. If you can't look into the mirror and talk to yourself and tell yourself the truth, if you can't look at a client and and be completely transparent, the things that will happen is, Transparency is going to be revealed eventually at some point. So you have to be transparent in who you are. The next thing, and this is the most amazing thing. This is actually a superpower that we all have, but most people look at it in a negative light. But this is one of the biggest superpowers you'll ever have. If you can be Selfish. Most of the time, when people say, Oh my God, he's selfish, or Oh my God, she's selfish, guess what? They're talking about a negative thing. But you need to be selfish. You need to be positively selfish in your own time. So a lot of people meditate. A lot of people, you know, find peace within themselves throughout the day. For me, I find time to be selfish. And that's selfish with my health, fitness, my nutrition, my diet, all of that stuff. But more importantly, you have to be selfish about accepting who you are. So, one of the things I noticed over the years is I have a lot, a lot of conversations that are purely about, oh my God, I can't believe this happened to me or something negative over here is going on. And you rarely hear about all of the exciting things and people saying, yo, I'm like really good at this. Like I'm, I'm really fucking amazing at this because it's always looked at as something really, really bad. So I have an exercise that I want us to do so that you can get in the zone of being selfish and positively selfish. Not saying, if I got food and you are hungry too, I'm not giving you any. That's not the kind of selfish I'm talking about because that's just mean. I'm talking about the kind of selfish that will fill your soul so that when you walk out of the house that day, you can literally feel like you're walking down a runway at a fashion show and feel strong and empowered and feel confident because nothing looks as good as confidence feels. And confidence starts with you. So this is what we're gonna do. Has anyone, has anyone in here ever been told that they're selfish? How did that feel? felt guilty about it. Well now, you're about to be selfish and you're gonna feel really good about it, okay? So I want you to look at the person next to you and I'm gonna give you 30 seconds, don't, don't go too far with this. I'm gonna give you 30 seconds to talk to each other, to tell each other, like, what is amazing about you? Because self-love is way too important for us to brush it over. So three, two, one, go. You can tell me since nobody's there.
0: (laughs) Louder, come on, come on, this is exciting.
1: Louder, louder, come on, come on. Celebrate your greatness here. It's time to celebrate your greatness, let's go.
0: Louder, come on, celebrate your greatness people in
1: five,
0: four,
1: three, two, one. If you've done my workouts, that probably gives you anxiety, but... I'm not here to cause your anxiety. I'm here to cause you to have greatness. All right, cool. So being selfish. So what you just did to someone else, which is sometimes really hard to talk about yourself to someone else. In the morning, this is really, the selfish, the selfish mindset in a positive form is really for you. And I, here's what I promise you. If you find time to look in the mirror and talk to yourself every single day, and that might sound weird as hell, But before you leave your house and you talk to yourself and you motivate yourself, every single day, that's 365 conversations that you'll have of positivity in your life. And it didn't come from anybody else but you. It started from the core of who you are. It came from where you believe who you are. Because a lot of times we get it from the outside and it affects us in a negative way and it's gonna happen like so it's gonna happen but what if 365 days a year you had a conversation with yourself that's gonna make you go out there and slay the game? Because I had a conversation with a gentleman one time. I was helping him build his business and I said, what's the first thing you think of when you wake up in the morning? And he said, I'm gonna, I think about how I'm gonna eliminate the chaos. And I said, oh, so your day is filled with chaos then. Your day is completely filled with chaos. I'm like, so you're fearing that something is going to happen, which we all know is false evidence appearing real. But by having that conversation with yourself, being selfish and being completely positive with who you are, you can change the game before you even walk into the office or before you even talk to the person that you need to talk to. You take control of what it is that you need to happen. And it starts with you being positively selfish. The next thing
2: Start hiring professionals like a
1: professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Flexibility. And I'm not talking about like high kicks, even though if these jeans wasn't so tight, I would show you that I can do it. Um, Being flexible. Like it's not always going to happen the way you want it to happen. And if you, if you literally think you're going to create a roadmap where there's not going to be roads that are going to like maybe have a twist and turn or a street that you're going to have to go down to learn something new in order to come back and get on track, then you are sadly mistaken. You have to be so flexible. You have to go into every situation knowing that while you have a goal, there's a such thing as, that it could possibly change. You might disagree with me when I tell you this. But if you have a goal of saying, I'm gonna make it to the Olympics, or here's a fun little goal. Here's a fun little story. So for Valentine's Day of 2011, I got the present of a tennis lesson. And I fell in love with tennis. Like it was like the most, I was like, oh my gosh. And I used to make fun of it as a kid. I was like, who the hell wants to hit a ball back and forth? Like, what is this? You know, I played football, I ran track, I'm like, you wanna hit a ball? But I got, this, I got this tennis lesson, and I fell in love with it. And so I started taking lessons, I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna get so good at this, I'm gonna be so amazing. And so we're driving in a car, me and my husband are driving in a car. Scott, don't get mad at me for telling this story. He's back there, but it is what it is. So I was like, you know what? Like, I'm gonna hit like a pro one day. And he was like, you'll never hit like a pro. Now I need to preface this by saying he is my biggest fan, so don't worry about it. like he's not mean. But he's like, oh, you'll never, you'll never hit like a pro. Like, do you know how long they work to do that? And I was like, do you know who you're talking to? Because <laughs> clearly, clearly you don't know who you're talking to, right? And I was so mad, like I was so mad. And I held this grudge for like three years, y'all. Like it's so bad. And I don't even like holding grudges, but I was like, you know, I'm gonna show him, I'm gonna show him, I'm gonna show him. But here's what happened. First of all, I do hit like a pro now, but that's unimportant. That's not the important part. Here's the important part. Here's the most amazing thing that happened. Not only did it make me strive, and I I had this goal to do this, but it wasn't about reaching a goal of hitting like a pro, because hitting like a pro means nothing. It's nothing compared to what I actually gained from having that goal. Now, I'm really good friends with Serena Williams, who is a big inspiration of mine. I'm training mentally and physically Bethany Maddox-Sands, who is the number one doubles player in the world, or number two now, and her partner, Lucy. And I get to train with their coach, but it's all from my drive to continue to never give up. And to say that even though the goal is there, you might not reach that goal per se, but what you're doing as you go along the journey, other things could happen. So you have to be flexible and understand that being flexible is all about inviting everything in that could possibly come in. Never, ever, ever not take a meeting with somebody. Even if you think it's the biggest BS. Because if you have the time, you will learn something. And maybe you, might, you may not get in a, into a business venture with that person, but you will learn something. Be flexible in your brain. And with being flexible comes with uncomfortability. Sometimes you have to be and get put in uncomfortable situations. So as you see, in business and in your life, it's not always gonna be happy. But it's not always gonna be down. But if you surround yourself with good people and good things, that's when it can happen. The last step is go bananas. You know how in my workouts I'm saying this shit is bananas, yo. Cause it's so hard and so crazy. But you know what? It is bananas. Go as hard as you can possibly go. Go as as hard as you can possibly go and make sure no one ever tells you no. When I was eight years old, I asked my mom, I said, Mom, I think I was probably less than eight. I said, Mom, can I be a ballerina? She said, oh, little boys don't dance. Mind you, she's my biggest fan now, so. She said, little boys don't dance. I said, oh, but every, in my head I'm like, oh, but every time I watch ESPN, um, these people dance, so, okay, I got you. <laughs> 90 years old, after I gained weight and lost weight. It's a whole nother story. I went to the rec center at my school and I said, can I teach a dance class? The director said, do you have any experience in teaching? No, but a bitch can dance, trust and believe. (laughs) So she said, I ain't say that. But she was like, sure. So I went to everyone I knew on campus, everybody. I said, "Um, y'all need to come to my class. You need to come to come to my class. Now mind you, I'm freaking out, because I'm like, i never taught a dance class before. I've only been in the middle of a circle. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) that is a lot. So, 90 people showed up to my first class. And then so, the director comes in, she says, we only have capacity for 60. You have to teach two classes back to back. So thank God for the grind Workout and Eric Nice. I don't know if y'all remember that, that's old school. The MTV grind Workout, I had a routine, but I fell in love with dancing. And then I started teaching in the community and then I had a minor in theater dance. I remember my mom telling me no and I said, okay, we'll see. Mind you, my mom will come to my class, you know, you get it. So then I'm dating someone I make it big in the Jersey dance scene and I have the biggest show of my life, Jersey. The biggest show of my life. I get home and the person I was dating said, I don't know why you're getting excited, you'll never be a professional dancer. Oh, oh, okay. Next morning, yo, Ennis, Ennis is my brother, you need to come help me move tomorrow morning. Yup. I left some good shit there, but I was out, right? Cool. Two years later, I was on stage with Mariah Carey. The same same dance agency that hooked me up with Mariah Carey, I went to them when I got this opportunity to make a dance program with Beachbody called Hip Hop Abs. Right? No, no, no. So I take my contract. I said, I run into the agency, I'm like, oh, my God, guys, like, I got this amazing thing, like, I can create an infomercial, and I'm so excited, I was like, I can't wait. They were like, oh, these things never work. I was like, oh. So I'm walking out, and I'm like, oh, so if I help change one person's life, if I just help change one person's life, if that's what this is for, I'm really excited. The byproduct and a bonus of that was that the money that I made, they didn't get a piece of. So, but moving on, staying from the core of who I am, I developed Hip Hop Ads. Hip Hop Ads is number one infomercial eight months in a row. I'm not bragging, listen to me. So, a man who I love dearly, Carl Dykler, I love him. and I tell this story all the time so he won't get mad. They were looking for a guy to do a really intense, tough workout. And I was like, oh my God, I was like, yo, I can do this. Like, I can do this. And he was like, you're just a dance guy. (laughs) I was like, okay. And then I created insanity. (laughs) And here it is. I've sold over $1 billion in product, but I remain that eight year old boy that just wanted to dance. Because it's not about your body. It's not about the fitness. It's about the feeling that you possess when you go after something that you want. And don't let anyone ever tell you no. Because trust and believe, while it might not be the thing that you eventually get, it's gonna be something. And that something is gonna be so, so freaking amazing. So trust who you are. Be true to who you are. Be 100% transparent to who you are and be positively selfish so that you can become flexible in your body and in your life. And if you get uncomfortable and take action, you will go fucking bananas and your business will be the motherfucking shit. So trust and believe in who you are. I, we had, I had a couple of questions, but I'd like to
2: give you guys a chance. I'm going to, let's start for two, and if it works out, a third. If somebody has a question, uh, come to this corner of the stage, please. I've got a question first. Yes. So, originally talking to Scott about getting you here, who was so rad. Are you guys ready for this? Uh, backstage, I mean, how many times has Scott seen you speak? Come on, Scott. Come here. He's, yeah, come. On. So come let on me tell
1: you out, why Scott. this rat first. He'll be coming up this side. So here's a little funny story about how many t- times Scott sees me speak. Like, so, <laughs> I'm crazy, y'all. And so when we're home, like, Scott is extremely quiet and, like, chill and the exact opposite of me, but I never leave a room if we're in the same room without putting on a show. And I won't leave until I get a response. So it could be me dancing. I could be, like, doing whatever, and I just have to, like, do something silly. So he's used to me being me. Scott, where you at?
2: What I thought was awesome is I'm sure he's seen you speak. I think he's coming on this side. He was right right there. He sees big hundred times, but it was so rad. These screens are see-through, so we see the reverse image on the other side backstage. And Scott just stood there like this, watching you this entire time. Here he is, everybody. Scott.
1: He, so he actually he remembers a time where um, he told me that uh, I yeah. wouldn't hit like a pro. Yeah. But it's fine. He's my yeah. biggest fan now. Yeah, I did so. it on
2: purpose. I wanted to motivate him to play really good tennis.
1: <laughs> All right. Thank you. Okay. Anyway, I thought it was really rad. But it, you know, with him being a professional soccer player, like he was, a, so he's a professional soccer player, and and so for me, like I take what he says. Like I'm like, oh, he must know that this is like really hard. So I just push really hard to make it happen.
2: Nice. So, so uh, well, we've got a long line here. I'll be okay. quick, and then we'll see how many of these we can get through to okay. finish on time. So, when I was talking to Scott about getting you here. Uh, He said, and listen, this is powerful. Every single day that Sean wakes up, he asks himself one question. How can I empower someone in the world today to be able to become the best version of themselves? So an extension of that is his workout programs, right? Becoming a healthier, better version of yourself. But to wake up each day asking the question, how can I help someone today figure out a way to become or start the path of becoming the best version of themselves? How does waking up and having that mindset equate to success for you? Because I think that that's red. Zig Ziglar, rest his soul, we lost him in November 2012, says, who can finish this? If you give others what they want, you will get what you want. And obviously, sold over a billion, B billion dollars worth of products. Tremendously successful. Wakes up each day, how can I help others become the best version of themselves. So that mindset, how do you think it's impacted your
1: success? Well, the first thing I tell people, because I came from the, the, the field of group exercise, from that very first class that I taught. And so as I started teaching more and I was trying to build my class, the, I came up with the, the reason why people kept coming to my class is because when I teach, it's not about me. Like, so there's a time, like if I know something and I'm able to motivate people to do something, then it's 100% about them. Because one of the things that would annoy me, this is the foundation of where it came from, one of the things that would annoy me is in a group exercise class, the teacher was all about him or herself. And I'm like, it's not about me. Like, I need to work out outside the room so that when these people come in here of all different fitness levels, shapes, and sizes, that they can actually believe that they can do it. And the more time I spend on myself, the less time I can spend on empowering them to continue to move forward. And so that was the foundation of where it came from. And, you know, someone helped me. You know, my grandfather, I talked about him a little bit today, but he helped me, like, like, complete selflessness. And so it helped, like, I I don't, you know, Scott is the one that told me, he's like, like a couple years ago, he's like, you know you sold over a billion dollars in product. And I was like, oh, really? Like, I didn't know. You know, because I do—I never do anything for money. I know that might sound crazy to a lot of people. I don't do it for the money. I do it for the feeling, and I say, and I stay connected to the fact that if, for some reason, I lost all my money, right? I could still go back to teaching ten classes a week at the gym because I know I'm making an impact on people's lives, and that's how I wake up every single day.
2: I think that that's definitely something worth writing down or even sharing on social media and tagging in is I don't do it for the money, I do it for the feeling. How many of you want to not just make money but feel good about the way you're doing it? Raise your hands to say, I do. Okay, so uh, there are one, two, three, four, five of you. I don't think we'll be able to get through all of you, but uh, who's first? Is that you, Gilly? In as, in as short of words as possible. Come on. Okay, go ahead. Cool. So I want to go back to what you said about surrounding yourself to five people. Um, you're, I believe if I remember correctly you're the fourth speaker today that has mentioned that. And both me both of my roommates last night were talking about how that's a, that's a huge issue for us. We'll go back home and we're surrounded by people who may not be, who may not understand how we think or the beliefs that we believe in and it's really really hard to keep that positive mentality. And I want to know from you just what would your advice be To do that to stay in a positive vibe and to separate yourself from people because me personally it's my family and that's hard and i'm prepared to do it and i know what i'm going to do we have a list of a of a a, what do you call it like a call group we're going to do but i just want to hear from you and what feedback you would have of how you would do that
1: yeah a lot of times it happens when you work with family or really good friends so um you don't have to include everybody in everything that you do The thing is when it comes to family or friends or people that's really close to you, you feel like you have to tell them everything. And what happens is you become, you have this attachment to like, oh, I'm doing this, I have to tell them I'm doing this, or I'm doing that. No, like you have to have your own life, but at the same time you can empower them to have their own. What I'm gonna say might sound really, for lack of a better word, shady, but I had to do this with a friend. I was like, you know what? She was always bringing drama to our company. Always, always, always. So I had to do the real thing, which was, I have to I have to cut ties with you because you're bringing negativity to my life, but I didn't do it in a way like, oh my God, like you're such an asshole, this. I gave her what I call walking papers. I gave her a book. I said, hey listen, I wrote in the book something very nice, I'm like, I'm here to empower myself and empower my life, and I really want you to do the same. It doesn't have to be done vindictively and evil, and all that. The other thing is, if you are forced to work with people, you have to have what's called a locker room in your business, especially if it's your family or your friends. I don't mind bugs, it's fine. Uh, Because in a locker room, it can't leave the locker room. Because what happens is when you work with family and business, you work together, and then people start talking to each other outside of the business, and then it becomes a family thing instead of a work thing. And if you develop what's called a locker room, you say, hey, what happens in here is truth, trust, transparency, flexibility, action, going bananas. And it's like a sports team. You're there, but outside of here, we don't talk about that. You know what I mean? And get people to understand that if we're going to be together, we're going to be a unit. We have to be a unit that works together. And, but you can't be afraid to make a change. You can't be afraid to make a change in your life and you can't be afraid to make a change with the people that are in your life. And while you can't get rid of family as far as the blood's concerned, but you can salvage a family member and be honest with them and say, if we continue on this path, I don't feel like we'll be connected at all. And, and start with the foundation of why you guys even are connected or love each other anyway. And it's gonna happen, so, and, and this is not about family, but this is for people who are connected with people in any anyway. Some people are in your lifetime for a season, they're like leaves on a tree, they come, and, they go, and you're like, oh my God, this person's really cool, and then you don't talk to them for three years, and then there are people who are like roots to who you are. And none of them have to be necessarily negative, but the more roots you can have in your life and attach to those people who definitely have your back 100% of the time, or at least 85% of the time, because they go through their own stuff too, then you're making progress with the people around you. I hope that helped. Thank Thanks. And that, and Come on up a little bit so we can see you. And this,
2: we might only have time for yours, but let's see what we can. We can you come a little closer? You we, can come up. They're so bright closer. we can't actually even see you. Yeah. okay. Oh, so yeah, you. Now you're real close. <laughs> shake your hand one time. Uh, there you, you go. Sean right. from another? <laughs> oh,
1: what's up, Sean? Uh, I want to
2: <laughs> shake your hand. Oh, it's oh, okay. Oh. okay. No. i am giving you a dozen hugs. <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, my question for you is, with the success and the fulfillment you brought as far as to other people's lives, uh, is there any particular uh, intimidating goals you have that you're trying to accomplish in the near intimidating. future? Intimidating.
1: That you, that you might perceive intimidating or you see it as a challenge, not intimidating, challenge. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have lots of challenges. Uh, you know, I just finished my book and it was a huge challenge for me. But, can I interrupt you? Yeah. By the way, okay. I
2: bought every single one of you a copy of his book, just so you all know.
0: Thanks.
2: Thank you. Thank uh, you. And...
1: And, and I've... Real, go,
2: ahead, go ahead, Yeah, let, let me say this because I forgot to. And uh, Scott uh, was working so hard with the publisher to get an early batch ran, but it doesn't get printed until mid-October. So at the end, we're going to... Uh, check this out. I don't even know if you know this. Scott said that he... So I bought the book. Scott and also Shottman will personally mail it to each of you since they're not here this weekend. So through the app, you're going to get an update here in a few minutes. You'll be able to put in your... Uh, shipping address, and each and every one of you will get a copy of Sean's book, so, so
1: thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I actually didn't, I didn't say this to plug my book. I promise. I didn't. I, I didn't say anything about it. But um, it was, it's true, though. It was really tough for me, because seven years ago, I started to write the book, and okay, I'm going to try not to get emotional here. Breathe. Bro, it um, happens. Let it I'll tell you. Um, the story I told you guys about me being molested like it wasn't clear and so I got to that part in the book where I was writing and I'm like this isn't clear like there's no way I can authentically talk to people when I haven't cleared this space up because like as I told you guys at 2 o'clock in the morning every single night is, well not every night but 2 o'clock in the morning is when the molestation would happen and the minute I fell in love with Scott and we were, I mean it was like Like I felt like this sense of peace. I would wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, like starting a fight with him. And I didn't know why. I didn't know why I was having this feeling. And it sounds crazy, but I had to go back to therapy and deal with that. And it helped me a lot. And I was in the middle of writing my book, and I was like, there's no way I could authentically put this out. And now... So that's why, like, finishing my book was so amazing and doing the audiobook and I got to the end of my audiobook and I start, like, bawling in the studio. I was like, I need a minute. But it was because, like, I had finally done it. And people have been asking me to write a book for years, but I'm not just going, I don't just talk to be talking. You know what I mean? So it was a big accomplishment for me. And so the only, so, th- so thank you for that. Um, thank you. The next thing is, um, to hopefully one day be a dad. So, that's that's my next big wish upon wishes upon wishes for Scott and I to be dad. So, thank you, man. Thank, thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank oh, you. oh, you got me this time. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. I hate to do it. We're over. We can do what's called a speed round, which I can I can literally say like I can answer really quick. Speed round for you two. Please come into the lights. Come into the lights. Come into the you lights.
2: You're just silhouettes over there. There you are. Perfect. Oh,
1: perfect. Thank you for coming and teaching. Thank um, you. One of my questions is. In terms of you've been really successful with building programs and building people and spreading that community around, what would you say to others that are doing something similar in terms of spreading that positive message to support somebody that's, like, the face of it um, in terms of, like, the background team? So what kind of team do you have in place that's been able to do that for you? Yeah, so the people around you, it's kind of like we were talking about the five, like, the people around me, I have to look up to them. Like, I I need to be around people that I look up to because it's just so amazing to learn every single day. And what happens when you are around people that you're learning from, it's an automatic sense of respect that they feel because you have to go to them. So you can be the leader of a lot of people, but that doesn't mean you know how to lead. A true leader wants to learn from the people that they're leading so that everyone in there has a voice. And if everyone has a voice, whether they're close to you in family or they are just someone you hire, if they have a voice, they will have your back like no one else. So just make sure you they have a voice. Make sure you respect them, and 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 just keep it real. Oh, that's awesome! Thank that? you. <laughs> All right, thank you. I'll be quick. I'll be quick. Thank you. Thank you. Much. so i have done t25 insanity Hi. uh hip hop abs was my jam hey. so thank you for that um thank this is more of a business question i'll be quick um i know there's probably a lot of fitness business owners in the in the audience right now and i'm one of them and what would be since it's still such a saturated area it's such a saturated market what would be the one tip that you would give to all the fitness studio owners business owners that would make them stand out among everybody else you're the only you that will ever exist it's you're the only one you're the only you. So like for, that's it. it. That's what every business owner, like you, what happens with you has to have a story. It, it has to have a, have a story. So you have your own style of training. You have your own style of, uh, whether it be training or teaching or whatever it is that you're doing as far as fitness. And you need to package this. What, what most personal trainers don't understand is that every single day they're developing their, their thing, Okay, I have two things. Number one, no matter who you train, keep a book, of before and after, and the story of that person. Not just the photo. Keep a before and after of that story. The other thing for everyone in the room is not everybody's going to like you. Like, I could leave here and like, there could be people in the audience right now who's like, well, I don't like them, And I'm like, great, congratulations, like I'm so happy because this is why I'm, I'm not happy that you don't like me as a person, but my point is not everybody's gonna like you and that frees you up to literally be you. Not everybody, not everybody uses every single product, but the people that connect to you, the, the people whose lives you touch with the product or you or your training style or whatever, this is quality. I literally, this is going to sound crazy because I know you probably have some social media training. I strive to, this is going to sound crazy, but I strive to lose followers and, and, because I don't want followers. I want builders. You know what I mean? I don't want people to look at me just because I have pretty good ads on some days, right? I want people to come because I'm, they believe what I'm saying and they authentically invest in what I'm saying because, and they respond to that and we can have dialogue. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need followers, I need builders. And so, if the people that come to you uh, want to build their body and build their life, and they do it through you, they're going to stick with you. And it's amazing, and it's the best feeling. But there's only one you. Beautiful. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you. Boom. All right. All right. Well,
2: guys, was that good? Thank hey, you. Hey, wait, 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 wait. We got to end it with one more dance. I mean, come on. I'm up here with Sean T. Hit that song one more time for me, real quick. You guys ready
0: right for up, this?
1: Man, man. I've known this guy for I don't even know how long. Uh, right. You got this. You got on the other side. All right,
0: are you guys ready? So, this song is called "This Is the Light" because I want you to guys, I want you guys to live your best.